1: Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Simply Financial. Great to be with you today. Walter Storholt alongside Kevin Ray, financial coach at Insight Folios, serving you in the Tri-City area with offices in Penconning and Saginaw as well. Find us online at Insidefolios.com. We're going to put Kevin's three decades of financial planning experience to the test today with a little pop quiz, and uh, we've got some other good things on tap as well. Before all of that, though, Kevin, great to be with you this week. I hear you're going fishing this weekend.
0: I am. I'm going fishing Friday in the mighty El Saba. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully catch a few trout and enjoy some sun and some good weather. Sounds like it's uh, going to happen. So,
1: What's, the, uh, what's the, the, the trout you think you're going to get? Uh, what were we talking about? Like two Brown pounds, trout. three pounds? Or well, that, how I, big of a trout?
0: Well, if they get 18 inches and above, I'm happy. But okay. you know, um, a lot of them are you know, 14, 15 inches. I'm still happy. Don't get me wrong. So.
1: You uh, c- catching and releasing? Or are we cooking this yes. up for dinner?
0: Not. We're catching and releasing. Catching and
1: releasing. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yep. Uh, I re- returned recently from uh, from our fishing trip as well, and I've always been more of a catch and releaser. Uh, don't very. Don't keep a fish very often but my wife's parents keep literally everything. So <laughs> I was having to talk them out of keeping certain fish, be like, no, 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 it's, it's not size regulation. And here's here's Connie's dad being, um, you know, like, and he's like Mr., you know, he worked, at, he's like a biologist, and he actually used to work with, you know, fisheries and taking care of animals, a lot of things. And he's sitting there going, oh, come on, it's like a quarter of an inch, you know. <laughs> we, can, we can keep this one. I'm like, you already have 30 catfish in the... <laughs> <laughs> the thing you need this one more fish so step i was step on and stretch it an inch right <laughs> that's right i was like stealthily releasing mine and then i'd get yelled at for for letting them go i was like look you guys can keep your fish but if i want to throw mine back in i can uh-huh. so i have nothing against fishing or hunting it's just personally i have hard time i just me kevin taking that living thing and putting it in the cooler i just and then watching it flop around a little bit you know what i mean like i just 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 me and uh Unless I'm like, oh, that's a really good fish. I'm definitely going to keep that one. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say, if it, <laughs> it depends if on the kind wal- of fish.
0: If it's a walleye, perch, or bullgill, it's going in the cooler. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: If it's real good eating, we're okay, yeah. we'll, keep, we'll keep that one and put it in yep. there. But I like yeah. to let them go and then tell them I'll see them next year when they get a little bit bigger. That's, a, that's always a good idea. That's, that's my you're technique, good. but yeah. in any event. Uh, well, glad that you're getting out on the water and going to be enjoying some, uh, some good weather this weekend, hopefully. Yep. Um, I mentioned we got some good things to talk about on the show today, but let's kick things off with a little fact of the week, Kevin. Uh, and this one has to do with Apple, the company, Apple. They have enough money to buy every major sports team in the world. Wrap your head around that.
0: So I was going to say, holy cow, think of that just for a minute. You think of Steve Jobs, right? And mm-hmm. start, started basically, you know, from a small, small, small company. That's the great thing about America, isn't it? You can you can start out something like this, and you can grow it to the point where you can buy every major sports team in the world. You said not just America in the world or in the U.S. Rather, holy cow! That's, that's I awesome. assume
1: that means even the major like soccer franchises, soccer. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Which we think that you know, like our NBA and NFL franchises are worth a lot of money. You start talking about some of those soccer franchises in Europe, the the dollars are ridiculous. Yeah, and so, in and in euros.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So it just goes to prove, you know, that it's a good idea. How good is that idea? Well, we know now, right? Because Apple is a huge, huge company. They're building this big complex too, right, for their for their headquarters.
1: Yep. Yep. They're, they're expanding all over the place, adding more jobs all over the place. It's no end in sight to their growth, it seems.
0: No. And Steve Jobs did a great job, but I think it's Tim Cook's in charge now, and he's continuing on. So um, good job. Good job.
1: Looks like uh, I looked it up. So uh, Manchester United is one of those well-known you know, clubs, soccer clubs, or football clubs out in uh, Europe. And they have been uh, calculated as being worth around $4 billion dollars that club that cl- that one club that yeah. one team wow four billion bucks so
0: so apple's doing very
1: good yeah they're doing all right, yeah. doing all right.
0: That, that little company that started out on forrest gump
1: yes yes <laughs> it really puts things in perspective you know we think that uh you know the sports and the leagues make a lot of money and they certainly do but it just shows you that some other companies even dwarf that by comparison pretty wild
0: it does, and I know they got, you know, I, I can't remember, but they got, you know, millions or billions of dollars sitting in cash right now too. So yep. um, they're, they're well a well-run company and started from nothing and look where we're in. So here in America, that's the beautiful thing. You know, we can we can have an idea and run with it and do something exactly like uh, Steve Jobs did.
1: There you go. All right, time for a pop quiz, Kevin, on today's show. Um, get you back in the groove. you got to mm-hmm. earn your time out on the lake this weekend what kind of score are you going to get on the pop quiz, I wonder. Um, Also, this is going to be a pop quiz that our listeners can kind of play along with, right? So we're going to test everybody's retirement preparedness with this quiz. And if you don't know the answer to a majority of these questions, there's probably a good chance that you'd flunk the course on retirement planning. And we don't want that to be the case. So uh, you ready, Kevin, I'm going to give you the give you the quiz here and also tell us how you walk people through these kinds of questions in your office. Let's, let's go. All right. So do you know how much it costs to fund your lifestyle? So do you know the answer for your own plan for that, Kevin? And then uh, what answer do you usually hear from clients?
0: I do know my answer because um, I keep track of it very, very well going into the, into the future, getting closer to retirement. But for most people that come in the office, they don't um, know the, what it costs to you know, fund their lifestyle. And there's a couple of ways to determine it. What would you think, Walter? How would you determine it if I ask you that question?
1: I guess question? Just look at my bank statements, right, and just see yeah. how much I'm spending, what's going out each month.
0: How much is coming in? How much are you saving? That's an easy way to do it. We give people a worksheet too. You know, we'll list several expenses on actually, it's two pages of, of expenses, a lot of expenses that you don't even think of. And we say, you know, go back or the first in a month, start tracking everything, and they'll give us a really good idea when you what your lifestyle costs. Because if you think it costs forty thousand. In, it costs sixty thousand in in real numbers. There may be a shortfall that we really have to deal with going forward. So your lifestyle it starts with the planning, and your planning is and it's one of the first questions I ask people: How much do you need in retirement to live comfortably and do the things that you've been dreaming of? And we got to figure it out because you can't go forward without figuring that out. If we're twenty thousand off, we had to make sure. That we're close to the number, you know, we're not gonna, we're never gonna be right on because things change. But we want to be as close as that number as possible, and then we need to tack inflation on it and increase it by two or three percent a year to keep up the cost of goods. And that number, we just had somebody in the office uh, yesterday, Walter. Their lifestyle, they wanted seventy-five thousand dollars of income. We grew that by two percent per year until age eighty, and then we grew at one percent per year from the eighty. Till age ninety five. What do you think? Total, if you add up all that income, what do you think it is over that lifespan? And they were sixty four.
1: What, what did it come <clears throat> to? Three
0: point four million.
1: Oh my gosh! Wow.
0: So see that that goes to tell you, right? Lifestyle is going to add up if you live this perfect life, and you're both here to ninety five. Yeah. You need three point four million dollars. So that has to be accurate going into the retirement planning. And that's crucial in, in our simplicity tree plan because it starts there. How much lifestyle? We want to increase it with the inflation and go forward. And that's the crucial part of, of your plan going in because then everything else falls around it and we can plan for other things. How do we fund it? How do we get your shortfalls? Funding those types of things.
1: Very interesting, Kevin. Um, that is kind of surprising to uh, hear those results. All right. You passed the first question. Did, uh, did our listeners. That's the key. Uh, if you find yourself not answering any of these questions or missing answers on some of these or not quite sure or confident in your answers, probably a good sign to uh, get some additional help putting together a proper financial plan. You can do that by calling Kevin and the team at 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- 885-7526, or go online to insightfolios.com. Second question on the pop quiz, Kevin, what do you need your net worth to be before you retire?
0: There's a lot of hype out there on how much you need to retire. And it's more of a trick question. The focus shouldn't be, do, you, do I need a million? Do I need two million? Do I need three million? The focus should be how much income do I need for my investments to produce that income? So let's say you have, um, you know, pension. You know, in our area people still have pensions. You know, we have the automakers here, we have Dow, we have those types of companies. So a lot of people still have pensions. And you have your social security benefit and they total up to let's say, I don't know, four thousand dollars per month. But your ideal lifestyle, we what we just talked about, you need maybe fifty five hundred dollars per month and then grow it from there. Well you're short fifteen hundred dollars. That's what we call your shortfall. That's what you need to plan for. So what you save for retirement going into retirement, how are those investments going to produce the income you're going to need in order to live your lifestyle so it's not necessarily how much you need to retire it's how much do you already have saved and is it feasible to turn that into income to last the rest of your life so that's kind of a trick question going in I think and the shortfall is the common theme everybody has what are you short how do we take what you've already accumulated and how do we turn that into income so you don't run out of money
1: Really good questions to ask so far, but that was definitely a little bit of a trick question. So, uh, you know, the teachers always throw us curveballs on pop quizzes, Kevin, so we got to be ready for these things.
0: Well, I had some teachers really good at that.
1: Oh, yeah. They would yeah. they would be leading you to the answer, and you had to be smart enough to tell if they you needed to recognize that trick question and change gears a little bit. But see, then it was tough because you'd get into that mindset of always be looking for those trick questions that then... In the next class, you'd start doing that same process when you had a very straightforward teacher, and you'd end up talking yourself out of the answer all the time. That was yeah, always we, difficult.
0: I had a teacher called Mr. Swinson, and we had a small engine class back when I was in high school. And it was annexed off the main high school. So the semis would come by all the time uh, through the parking lot. So all of us kids would watch him come through. So one of the questions he had, how many wheels are on that semi? <laughs> 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 and, you know, it was pretty easy for me. I was 18 wheeler, right? But a lot of them got it wrong. That was oh, funny. Oh, yep. You start overthinking yep. things, such. Yeah, yep. That's
1: too funny. All right. Another pop quiz question. What did you learn about retirement from watching your parents? Now, why would we delve into that type of conversation?
0: Well, if your parents could do it, right, you can do it. There's kind of the thinking that goes along with that. But there's a lot of things that are different from your parents. And I bet you I'll hit a couple of topics here, Walter, and, and you'll probably say it. I never thought about it that way. But does your parents, um, any of your parents have a pension?
1: I think my mom will have a pension, yes. Yep. Yeah. Will you have a pension? I will not. You will not. So there's Con- a big difference there, right? Con- Connie might have a very, very tiny one. Yep. <laughs> she she was part of the pension program when she was a nurse, but then once she uh, got her new position, she had just passed that, like, five-year point where you become vested. Is that still the yep. right term even with yep. pensions? Yep. But now in her new position, it lo- no longer involves the pension. So she worked for five years. I don't know what that number is going to look like, you know, 30 years from now when she retires, but... Uh, probably a pretty small pension by the time she gets you might
0: there. be able to buy you know a good dinner at the end of the month or something that's what right else? that's yeah. right it'll
1: <laughs> it'll fund especially if it's inflation in 30 years it'll yeah, right. uh, it probably won't amount to much but but yes she'll have a very small one but to your question yeah we don't really have that as part of our planning
0: we don't and then my parents for example paid cash for most things no credit so the, our generation now, you know, the, the, they all have credit cards, it seems like, and, you know, no, no paying cash. And what do you think about health care versus, you know, your parents are younger than, my, than my, my parents, obviously. But my dad worked for General Motors, and he had really good insurance. And so the health care covered most things. But the insurance nowadays is, is quite different than what it was back then. So our costs are going to be a lot more than typically our parents did. So it's totally different in most cases when I sit down and talk to people, you know, your parents' retirement, they had pensions, they had Social Security, and they could live on that in most cases because they didn't have any, any debt going into retirement. So the thing here is you need to structure your investments properly to get the income. So if you don't have a pension and your parents did, you, you need something on the side. You need to save money to, to have your own personal pension going into retirement. And that's a big thing. You want to trim as much of the cost as you can, like your parents did, um, going into it. Maybe pay your house off and maybe the major bills, those things. But it's different from what your parents. And we're going to have that same conversation 40 years from now. It's going to be different from... You know, our kids, you know, when when they grow up type thing. So it's going to be that way from just going, you know, f- for generations to come.
1: Yeah, it's a great point, Kevin. Uh, we're walking through this little pop quiz on today's show, kind of looking at some different questions you should ask yourself. These questions really don't have a... Um, a right or wrong answer necessarily. It's more so, have you given thought to these things? Do you know the answer? Do you know what you're supposed to do in some of these situations? Have you thought about these things already? If you've just even taken some time to put in thought to these things, uh, then it's showing that you're in a good shape to uh, get a good grade on this quiz. How does what's happening in the news this week last week next week affect your overall retirement plan
0: well it should be almost nothing right what do we talk about every week here walter when you're investing you are a
1: you're an investor
0: you're long term right <laughs> well, investing for the long term <laughs> yes long term right. right and you i was be, ready for that trick question there, <laughs> I, I usually give you one or two anyway you do but you got to be careful on who's controlling the narrative out there don't you i mean there's narratives, you know, pushing this theory, that theory, whatever it is behind it. There's a reason behind that, and you got to be careful. If you're investing and you're letting the news affect the way you're investing, you're doing it wrong because you're a long-term investor. We just went from one administration to another administration. People are all nervous. You know, the market's going to fall to pieces now. So far, it hasn't. Um, and a lot of people sold. You know, their positions got out of the market. I can tell you four or five that come to come top of my head now, just from casual conversations I've had. Because they thought, you know, Armageddon was coming, and why do they think that? Because they're listening to whatever news outlet or whatever white noise they're constantly listening to, and that can overwhelm you. And don't let emotions run your plan. Get a well laid plan put into place and follow the plan because it's not a week to week, it's not a month to month. This is a twenty to thirty year endeavor most times, and you can't let that. Control your emotions because we know when we make emotional decisions, most of the time it doesn't work out for us.
1: Great points, as always, Kevin. One last question here on our pop quiz for our listeners today How will you cover nursing home expenses if you end up needing that care? This is not a very fun question to end the quiz with, but an important one nonetheless.
0: Well, it's a big one, right? Because everybody, we're living longer. A lot of our clients you know, are worried about uh, long-term care. You know, they've had their parents go through it. So let me give you an example. Long-term care policy is a good thing to purchase. In my opinion, you know, everybody should be getting those because you've got this large nest egg that you've had out there and you've built over 20, 30, 40 years. And let me tell you how fast it can go. So let's say you're a married couple and one of you has this misfortune and you go into the nursing home. Well, the rules state this. Let's say you, you, have, uh, you grew a million dollars, Walter, between you and Connie, and you, we're looking into the future now. And one of you has a misfortune to go to the nursing home. Under current law today, the rules say this. The spouse at home, the community spouse, they call them, so the spouse at home can keep 50% of those assets. Now, that sounds pretty good so far, right? Yeah, I'm down. Up to, and here's the key, up to about $122,000. The max you can keep that at-home spouse is $122,000. So what do you do with the rest? You spend it down towards the nursing home until you're down to that 122. dollars in this case. Now, remember, I'm not an attorney, but I can give you the generalities. And then once you do that, you qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, excuse me. So you're going to have to spend a whole lot of money to get down there. So you're going to be self-funding this if you don't take care of it today. So how do you pay for it? You just, you know, you have insurance on your cars, you have insurance on your iPhones, you have insurance on your sheds, your boats. You should be insuring your biggest, probably, uh, piece of property that you have, and that's your nest egg going forward. Because there's a good chance that somewhere down the road, if you're a married couple, one of you is going to need some type of long-term care. And at nine, ten thousand $10,000 a month, it doesn't take long to wipe you out. So how do you cover it? you're going to do it one of two ways. You're either going to be proactive and you're going to look into some sort of insurance, or you're going to stick your head in the sand and you're going to self-insure yourself. You're going to go through that spend down and then you're going to qualify for Medicaid. And there's a lot more to this, but I just want to kind of give you the generalities, but plan for it. That's the biggest thing I can tell you to do. Plan for it. And in our simplicity process, uh, Walter, we can do this. Let's say at age 80, you have a nursing home exposure and it costs a hundred grand per year. I can show that in our simplicity process and show how much of an effect it'll have on your income, how much of an effect it'll have on your savings and those types of things. So one way or another, you're going to pay for it. And it just, another, how do you want to do it? So do you want to do it the hard way, or the easy way I tell people plan for it now, find, you know, the, the insurance policy that fits your needs and then purchase it. I, that's all I can tell people.
1: It's all you can do. All you can do is make sure that you're putting together the best plan possible. And it's difficult to do it alone. Uh, What's helpful is that Kevin's been doing this for about three decades now. And so you can think about uh, the huge number of families and individuals throughout the Tri City area that Kevin's been able to help get well prepared for retirement, to have a better understanding of their plan and uh, know what's to come, how to handle all the different moving parts. We just covered some of them on the show over the last couple of minutes here with this pop quiz. But if you'd like to get a full comprehensive plan or even ask uh, a simple question that might be on your mind, Kevin can certainly do that for you. Call anytime, uh, but do it now while you're thinking about it. 888-885-PLAN is the number. If you get the voicemail, just leave a quick message, and Kevin and the crew will follow up with you. 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888-885- 885 7526. Again, I want to reiterate that Kevin is local, helps you right here in the Tri-City area with offices in Pinconning and Saginaw. Just call 888-885-PLAN. Lots more to get to on today's show. We're going to talk about emotions and investing and the role that those things play. Uh, We might get into some bond conversations, maybe answer some email questions on today's show. All that and more still straight ahead, so stay right with us. More to come right here on Simply Financial rocking and rolling today on Simply Financial. Great to have you with us. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Ray, financial coach at Insight Folios in the Tri-City area with an office in Penconning and also Saginaw. Get in touch by calling 888-885-PLAN. That's 888-885-7526 if you want to get in touch and ask Kevin any questions. We want to talk a few minutes about emotions and investing, Kevin, and uh, maybe we can tell some stories here. From your experiences, uh, you've worked with so many families over the years and have seen these things play out before and really want to explore how emotions can play a role in retirement planning. And some, I imagine, will be in a good way. Others may in a way that hampered retirement preparation or had a negative impact on a financial situation. So I'll give you the emotion. You let me know where maybe you've seen this before in your life and uh, experience as a financial advisor. Whenever we think of money and investing and those kinds of things, you can't think about that without thinking about greed. So what about greed in, uh, you know, any stories that come to mind there? And uh, I'm imagining it would probably be a negative impact of, of greed, right?
0: When you just said greed, a story came to mind. What's all over the news right now? People got, I got to get in, I got to buy it.
1: Um, got to get in, uh, gas? <laughs> well, you Got know, gas too yeah are you know, running out of gas right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. uh that, that's, been, that's been top of my mind lately with everybody around me going to get gas but uh no is there some new some no, new it's, it's thing that everybody's getting cryptocurrency oh, right? oh the was, cryptocurrency right the, know, dogecoin, Musk, Do- dogecoin right dogecoin
0: bitcoin you know all of those things are coming down the pike right now and I, I got a client, and I'll give you an example how the, how this can affect it. You know, we put a plan together. He's been a client of mine for probably 10 years. And we're far ahead of schedule as far as getting him to retire. We're far exceeded his expectations. And, you know, he could probably retire four or five years ahead of schedule if he wants to. But he enjoys what he's doing. He works for himself. But he's got, for whatever reason, he's got, he has to have this Bitcoin, you know. And he's and he's been chasing that uh, idea for about the last year or so. I got to have Bitcoin. got to have Bitcoin. And I'm like... Well, you know, we can take, you know, maybe 5% or or whatever you want to, you know, you, you can afford to lose because this is a wild west out there nowadays when you're getting into those types of things. But we have your, we already solved your retirement plan. You want to retire to a certain age, we're at, we're, you know, exceeded expectations. We can do it early. So if you're going to do that, you know, no more than 5%. Well, he wants to go like 80 to, you know, 75 to 80% and get in on what he called the ground floor. And it isn't the ground floor. It's been around for a long time right now. So the emotions got the best of him at first. And then, you know, we come we come into the office, we went through his plan, and we showed him, you know, how we're on track and how you know, how he can retire and how we're solving his income needs. And finally, he come to the realization, okay, I got to scratch my itch, so I'm going to do the 5%. And he went out and did a couple of things that he's been wanting to do. But he didn't do, you know, the 75 or 80% that he was thinking of at, at original because you can't bet your entire – life savings up to this point on one particular investment or one particular idea. you got to be diversified. you got to go into it. you got to have a well-laid plan. And one investment, I can tell you this, is not a well-laid plan.
1: Yep. Uh, we've all heard the all eggs in one basket warning signs through uh, many different ways in life and applies in many ways when greed can make us forget that. Uh, mentality a little bit, so that Gordon Gecko, right? That Gordon Gecko, yeah. All right, what about fear? Maybe a close relative of greed. Where have you seen fear pop up in people's investing lives?
0: Fear always happens. Fear starting to happening right now because you know the market's at an all-time high. You've got the news. You know, every story I seem to run across is the market's doomed. It's going to crash. These types of things. So I have one client who is really, really nervous. Lives in the market. And we watch it closely, but as soon as he hears bad news, what does he want to do? He wants to sell. Well, that may not be a bad idea at at the high, but I never hear that until after the market's corrected. So after the pandemic, you know, this particular person wanted to get on. like, no, we can't get out now. You know, the market's cracked. Let's let it go back up. So what happens is it goes back up, and then what kicks in, Walter? What, What emotion? After fear? Yeah. After fear, no, market tanked. Fear crept in. Market's going great now then greed comes
1: back in, right? That's why I said they they were close relatives, yeah. They are, yeah.
0: So the greed factor came in, and no, I don't want to get out now because it's going too good. So, you know, don't let emotions, the story is don't let emotions run your investments. Have a well-laid plan, and your well-laid plan will include how do you produce income in up and down markets, so you don't run on money going into retirement. And if you do a well-laid plan, it's going to take away a lot of the greed and a lot of the fear factor that most people have.
1: If you've had trouble with that in the past, talk to Kevin about it. He's uh, got a lot of experience helping people navigate through these different emotions when they pop up and how to put them under the proper control so that they don't have negative impacts on your financial plan. 888-885-PLAN is the number to call. 888 885-7526, 885-7526, or go online to insightfolios.com. What about hope? That's something we obviously usually connect with uh, you know, positive things. Can, is hope usually a, a good thing to have in your financial plan, or can we actually see some detrimental impacts there?
0: It's hope, right? You're hoping you can get through retirement. You're hoping you can do as you think. And I can tell you a really good story here. I was talking to a nurse not too long ago, and I was overhearing their conversations, what I was doing, and she said, I'm going to retire at 55, and she was talking to her other nurse, and she goes, well, have you talked to a financial advisor? I said, no, I really haven't. And, uh, well, how do you know you can? She said, I'm kind of hoping I can, you know, I think I can, type thing. And I, so I had, to, you know, I had to interject myself and tell them what I do, and I said, you can't, hope is not a plan. You know, you, you can't go into retirement. She wanted to retire at 55. And I said, how are you going to take money out between 55 and 59 and a half without a penalty? She didn't know what I was talking about. You know, how are you going to fund your health insurance through those years? All these things that she'd never had thought about. She just hoped that it would all work out. So long story short is she came into the office and we put a plan together for her. And as it turns out, she can't retire at 55, but she can go at 58 based on our projections. And she was pretty happy with that. And now we addressed all those situations. You know, how are you going to pay for your health insurance? How are you going to take money out pre-59 and a half without the IRS 10% penalty? All the things that come along with retirement that she really haven't given much thought to. We addressed them, we went into it, and we also showed how you're going to produce income because you're retiring at 58 and you live to 90, that's a long time. So how do we produce the income when the market goes up, market goes down, market stays sideways? And we answered all those questions. Now hope is not her plan. Now she has a real plan put in place and she feels comfortable. And as she put it, I only have to work three more years, I'm good with that.
1: Hey, fantastic. So hope can be a good thing. Hope is not a plan, but it can still be a good thing to have as part of our mentality and our spirit, certainly. When it comes to putting together those plans, two more I want to throw out at you, Kevin. Uh, what about guilt?
0: Back in the late '90s, you remember that, Walter? You're just a wee lad. I remember the probably.
1: late '90s. Yeah. yeah, the good times. I, I was a '90s kid. I mean, 80, born in '87, so you know, I was in my prime in the late '90s as <laughs> as a ten year old.
0: Well, financially speaking, the market was roaring. You know, the roaring '90s. And I met this gentleman at, about 2004. By the year two thousand he accumulated around five million dollars, and he thought he had it figured out but then two thousand one happened, two thousand and two happened two thousand and three happened where the s and p was down about forty five percent. He bought options he bought several things, but he went from five million to one million to give you to give you i shorten up the story here and he was guilty about that he felt real guilty that you know the greed come into into play there he thought he could never do something wrong, he thought he had enough information going forward and he thought just because he messed those things up that he was he was in a pickle that he couldn't get out well we sit down we did a plan he had about 10 more years to go before he retired too and we just showed hey, you're not in this big a predicament as you think you're in you've, you've still got a million dollars and you weathered 2001 two and three and you're saving you know quite a bit of money each year and as it turns out he's still a client you know some 20 some odd years later and he's doing very well him and his wife do all the things they want to do so if that's you and you've made a mistake, we all make mistakes, and um, don't let that keep you from reaching out. You know, asking the questions, getting some help, maybe getting a guide to help you. You know, get to and through retirement, and that's what we do
1: here. That's fantastic. And again, if you want to get in touch with Kevin, it's eight 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 five plan. That's eight 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 five plan. Your number to call. Don't let guilt crush you from making good decisions in the future. Uh, a lot of times, these things can be overcome. And last but not least, we saved the best for last. Kevin, joy. Tell us a time when you able when you were you able to help somebody experience joy when it came to their investing in their financial life. And I don't think you can twist this one into any sort of uh, negative impact, right?
0: No, you can't. The joy usually comes, and this is this happens quite often with us, Walter. We sit down, we do the simplicity plan. You know, you get the nervous look when they sit down and they're anticipating a negative response. You can't retire. And we put the plan together and i it's the same with everybody. Show your shortfall. You know, how much money do you need? You know, that are we short? You got $5,000 a month coming in, you need six, you're short $1,000 a month, you're short 12000 a year, and that increases over time. Once I solve for their income needs, Once, in other words, once I take and show them what they've accumulated over their time and now I can turn that into income so it doesn't matter what up and down markets what's happening the joy comes in and they're happy for the first time they understand how a plan works as one person uh, put it you know you're kind of like the Wizard of Oz you pulled back the the uh, curtain there and show me behind the scenes how things really work and that's where the joy comes from if you have a well laid out plan you understand how your income is going to be produced you understand what rate of return you need to earn on your investment so you don't run out of money. You understand how all that intertwines and all that goes forward into your life. And then you want to pass that on to your beneficiaries the most tax, uh, you know, advantage way that you can. Joy always happens. And I see that constantly uh, with people coming in the door after we finished our planning session and after they, the light bulb moment comes on for them. So that you, you're sitting out there, you're nervous and you want to experience this joy it's pretty easy. All you got to do is pick up the phone, give us a call. The sensational Stacy will put you on the calendar. You come in, I will do your own personalized uh, simplicity plan. There's no cost. There's no obligation. This is fun for me. I've been doing it 30 years. I enjoy helping people. And my purpose in life is to help people. And that's what I, I really, really enjoy doing. And how do I help people? I help them get to and through retirement. And once you sit down through this process, two or three hours max, um, once, you know, a couple of meetings, we get through that, I think you too will find the joy. And it's simply by doing a good plan, understanding that plan, and then having the confidence that you've been looking for to go in retirement. So that if that's you, give us a call. It's very easy. It's easy as one, two, three, you know, pick up the phone, call Stacy, two, Stacy, put you on a calendar, three, come into the office and we'll start that process for you.
1: You don't need to have all your statements and all those things pulled together. Just call to express your interest in setting up that time to visit. Again, the number to call is 888-885-PLAN. That's 888 888- You can call now. uh, Do it while it's on your mind. Leave a quick voicemail, and uh, Kevin will be able to follow up with you and set up that time to meet. But you can also call during the week if you're more comfortable with that as well. Feel free to check out Kevin online. In the meantime, InsightFolios.com is where you can go learn more about the planning process and all that gets involved into that as well. Um, InsightFolios.com. Or again, while you're thinking about it, easiest way is to call now. Uh, take action. Don't procrastinate. And that way you can experience that joy in retirement and in your financial life. Get that plan in place. 888-885-PLAN is the number. That's triple eight 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 five 885 plan More coming up on today's show. Thanks for being with us here on Simply Financial. Don't go away. Well, it's time to get to know Kevin a little bit better on today's show. And uh, this is where we stay aside from all the financial talk and just talk about something fun or goofy or interesting sometimes we get a little deep probably not very deep on today's question though uh kevin here's what i want to know what's your go-to dance move i know you're a big dancer you know
0: oh well, well, yeah i'm a big dancer
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i can tell you i can't moonwalk okay. i can't do the i can't do the elvis gyrations. rations okay so when you know when it gets down to the you know nitty-gritty and and we're out there having fun and dancing and maybe have a cocktail or two. I always do the John Travolta move. You know, the two fingers over your eyes?
1: Oh, <laughs> you know? like a, they do the, do the one and then do the other the other yeah, way yeah. over the ass, yeah. the little yeah. V's? Yeah. Yes.
0: Seems like a kind of an easy move. I can't do the robot, so it seems kind of an easy what move. What did
1: they call that? Well,
0: I'm not for sure. I don't remember. But I remember seeing it, you know, and... And it was pretty easy to duplicate, and I usually get a good chuckle out of it. So All
1: right, I just I just Googled it. I don't know if this is real. So this is another one of our live research on the air moments, so don't take this for, you know, true, you know, fact. But apparently it's called The Batosie. The Bat Toozy. The Bat a nineteen sixties novelty dance actually inspired by moves of Adam West in the premiere episode of the Batman TV show.
0: Oh, I remember that.
1: High Diddle yes. Riddle. Batman would do it with both hands at the same time and then John Travolta kind of adapted it to where he would do one at a time. But it actually was Batman who started it, and that's why it's called the Batusi.
0: <laughs> I remember that. Now you said that. That's, that's funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: John Travolta kind of gets the credit for it. But uh, actually, uh, you're kind of paying homage to the Batman with your little. The Batman. So
0: from here on out, I'm going to do the Batman.
1: The, the Batman or the, Bat, the Bat-woozie, the I guess. Mm-hmm. Or Batusi. Something like yeah. that. Uh, mine, uh, Connie calls it the Spider-Man. Um, so I don't get too adventurous in my dance moves, but for some reason I do this thing whenever I kind of, you know, if we're ever in a position, which is rare, but where I need to, you know, wiggle a little bit or pretend like I'm dancing for some reason, my natural go-to move, I flip my arm, I put my two arms out in front of me and I flip them upside, you know, down. So my palms are facing upward and then I sort of just move my arms in and out. And she says I look like Spider-Man, you know, shooting the web out of his wrists up at the at the wall to like move around. So she calls it the Spider-Man dance. I'm I'm, I'm spitting my web out with my hands uh, as I move them back and forth. So there so you go.
0: Both unique. To- dancers we are right
1: we are we stay yeah. in our lane very We're minimal st- very minimal
0: <laughs> yeah, very, very minimal movement on our part
1: <laughs> i could do the worm when i was younger <laughs> when i was a kid i did the worm a couple of times but uh i don't yeah. i don't think anybody wants to see me doing the worm these days
0: i always like you know when you watch the, the 40s and the 50s and those people could really dance you know and the ballroom mm-hmm. dancing and all this kind of things but imagine you know you, you have somebody back then and now they're seeing the worm
1: right 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 exactly or even some of the stuff they do today is just wild yeah um impressive sometimes i mean sometimes i look at some of the dancing that people can do today and it's like how are your how is your acl still intact (laughs) it doesn't seem possible um with some of the moves people have these days so
0: a lot of it's a lot of air uh, what do you call it um Gymnastic type moves, that's the word I'm thinking
1: of? Uh, yeah, g- gymnastics type moves. I mean, yeah, you'd have to be an athlete to, to dance the way a lot of dancers are these days. So Yeah,
0: I mean, there's a lot of flexibility going on yep. out there. So flex all is their flan- friend. Uh,
1: I'm not a big dancer, but I am impressed by what some people are able to do. That is for sure uh well there you go we'll keep with our go-to dance moves of of the batusi and uh the spider-man the batman the batman
0: you be be spider-man i'll be batman
1: there you go someone's Mm going to pick up on my spider-man dance you watch it's going to be in a popular music video one of these days someone's going to hear this and steal it they'll call it the walter you'll always be able to say (laughs) i heard that on simply financial walter talked about doing the spider-man first before anybody else (laughs) <laughs> there you go. More to come on today's show. Back to the financial talk coming up. In fact, we need to answer one of your questions. We'll do that to wrap up here momentarily. Stay tuned to Simply Financial with Kevin Ray. Before we wrap up for the week, I want to answer one of your questions here on Simply Financial. You can submit questions to be featured on the show by going to insightfolios.com or shoot Kevin an email. It's Kevin at insightfolios.com. Ruben has a question for you, Kevin. Ruben says, my goal was to get to 500000 in my 401k before retiring, but I'm only at four hundred and twenty right now, and don't think I'll have the patience to work more than another year. How much does a person need to have to be able to retire comfortably?
0: Ooh, that's a good question, isn't it, Walter? Yep. That is. So Ruben, here's, here's the standard answer I'd give. It's not necessarily the dollar figure you need. It's that shortfall that we talked about on most of the show today. So if you've saved $420,000, how do you not know? Or it sounds like you don't know if that's enough to fill that shortfall from here to age 90 or 95. So the first thing to do is to sit down and figure out, do I, have I saved enough to fill that shortfall? If you haven't, then the tough questions come or the tough answers are going to come. Like that. You're going to have to work longer. But you need to know that going into retirement. So I've saved 420 so far. Is that enough to fill my shortfall? So I don't run out of money between here age ninety and ninety-five. Is that enough money to produce the income I'm going to need for the next thirty years or so? If it is, great. Then you don't maybe you don't have to work another year. But if it isn't, you need to have that tough conversation. You need to sit down. You need to figure out maybe there's some part-time work you like. I give an example. I have a, a client who was a teacher for years and years and years and just tired of it. And she wanted to retire, but same situation. She didn't have quite enough money saved. She needed to work another four or five years. So she said, you know what, I'm going to work for Home Depot because I'm in there all day long anyway. I love that place. And probably seven, eight years later, she's still there because she loves doing that. And it supplements her income, and she can retire if she wants now, but she really, really enjoys what she does. So the first question is figure out if that is enough to fill your shortfall Reuben and if it isn't there's you get a plan get as, uh, you know, up to speed as quick as possible and address that situation so you know going in.
1: It's a great question, Ruben. Thanks for sending that one into us. Uh, Definitely a common one. A lot of people fall into a similar situation where maybe they fell a little short of their savings goal, but often can be pleasantly surprised at just how retirement can still turn out. But you got to run the numbers. You got to put together the full plan, put it under some stress testing, make sure that it's going to be able to withstand the test of time and the challenges of your financial future. And Kevin can put your plan through all of those different elements and see where those shortfalls are and what needs to be done to get you in the right Uh, position. If you want to schedule a time to meet or just talk a little bit further about how all that works, you can find out what it's like to work with Kevin and to uh, go through that process by dialing 888 885 plan. It's not a hard process, just takes a little bit of commitment of time to talk and uh, go through it. Give a call now, even if you don't have all your statements and those things pulled together. Just if you have a question like Ruben's on your mind, reach out. 888 885 plan. That's 888 885 7526. You can have a one on one conversation with Kevin about these things. Don't worry, we won't uh, put you on the radio and uh, share it with the rest of the world. You can keep it private between you and Kevin. That's always um, understood. 888-885-PLAN. Call that number now if you have any questions at all. Kevin, that's all the time that we have for on the program today. Enjoyed this one with you. And uh, good luck on the water this weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. You too, Walter. We'll talk to you again. All right, take care. That's Kevin Ray and Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on Simply Financial.